Hello, Pod Fam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I'm good, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm good. I was watching some Gossip Girl earlier, and then I went to acupuncture, and now I'm sitting here doing the podcast. So it's been, it's been a good evening so far. I feel like you're just living. I'm really living. I'm looking forward. I've got another episode of Gossip Girl, like, ready to go once we're done here tonight. Uh, which season are you watching? Uh, season one, episode 10. Nice. Um, I only started watching Gossip Girl, I think, on, like, Monday, so I'm trying to keep the binging under control. Fair enough. You are fully employed. Yeah. Like I do have other things to do in the day. So it's just late at night. That's when I sit and watch Gossip Girl for a couple of hours. And I know like our listeners know I've been watching Outlander a lot and I just Mm -hmm. finished season three and I felt like season three took me on such an emotional roller coaster and I was really stressed out for half the time. So I'm just taking a week off Outlander and I thought like Gossip Girl would be a good filler. You just need a bit of an emotional break after that season. You can't relax with that show, like, no, at all. <laughs> No, I got too stressed out. And, like, obviously there's more seasons, so I know it's going to be okay. But, like, I just couldn't handle it at times. Yeah. So, you know, season three ended on a good note. But before I jump on the season four roller coaster, I just need to, like, take some time for myself and regroup. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I just finished uh, Outer Banks oh, yes. both seasons, and there are very silly things in that show, but I wasn't expecting it to love it the way that I did. We're going through a bit of a mourning period, considering the next season, if it happens, won't be until like next year. So I think I'm going to start up Gossip Girl too, just to make me feel a bit better. I know, like Gossip Girl's just reliable, and you know, mm-hmm. it, like it's trash TV, but like it's it's good trash TV. Yes, but also like Chuck and Blair were great. Also, we do have to mention just in case, I don't know how old some of our listeners are, but we are talking about the OG Gossip Girl. Oh my God. I have yeah. not watched the new one. I no, know I had no like. idea. I was looking because you cannot get Gossip Girl on Netflix anymore. You can't find it anywhere. So, you know, I have to do some searching. And the one show that kept coming up was this Gossip Girl 2021. And I was like, what is this? I don't want this show. I want the original. So it was, <laughs> I finally found the original, but oh my God, I, I had no idea that they rebooted it. I don't yeah. know if I'll watch it. Like the original just holds such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hear good things about that new one. So who knows? Maybe if I'm really desperate, I'll watch that one. I feel like you can retranslate that show into so many different eras. So I feel like this show will end and there'll be another one in like 15 years. So probably. Yeah. And then we'll just feel really, really old. But I am recording in a new place today. Yes, this is super exciting. You finally have internet in your home. Yeah, so I finally actually get to use my office for recording, which was the purpose behind getting a (laughs) two-bedroom. After three weeks, we're finally here. (laughs) Yes, you've come out of the parents' basement. I have come out of the parents' basement, but we are going to see how it sounds. And if we all decide that we like uh, what it sounds like in the parents' basement, we're going to go back there. But I apologize in advance if you hear any little rustling because the office does double as the bunny's bedroom. Oh, yes. FYI. Yes. So little bunny might be making an appearance tonight. Yes. Yes. He was uh, eating his food earlier uh, right behind me. And I had to move his little bowl because I was like, sir, you are making too much noise. I bet he's not speaking to you now. 
He's not. You know, he's actually very fickle and he holds grudges. It's very sad. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you touch his food? Yes. But let's uh, get into it. What are you drinking this evening? So tonight I'm having a honey lavender tea latte. Wow. That's a big hit with you. I know. I'm really into the tea lattes right now. I think maybe because like, you know, it's now fall, so I want something cozy and I love oat milk. Mm-hmm. It's so good and it's just like really rich and really creamy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much every tea I'm making right now, it becomes a tea latte. Incredible. I also have a lavender-based tea, but it's chamomile lavender. Sounds really good. It's really good. It's my sleepy time tea, so I'm excited. Nice. So tonight's episode, this is actually based off of something you did recently, yeah. and that was performing in public. Yeah. Yeah. In Big front of moment people. for you. In front I know. Of in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've like done it before, but it was like so long ago and I didn't do it very often then. And also like my style of singing is different now. So it was just a lot. And uh, let me tell you, I was going through a lot of emotions while I was trying to make the decision of whether or not to perform. You know, a new door is opening for you and Mm -hmm. it's something that is your hobby yet also your passion. So it's exciting. But anyway, this kind of leads into our topic this week, which is stepping out of your comfort zone. Yep. This actually was on the roster like way, way in the future. And then I told her that I was going to sing on the weekend and she was like, huh, should we do this now? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's well-timed. Right? Might as well do while it's fresh. Yes. So your comfort zone is basically the space where you feel safe and comfortable. You don't have very much anxiety. And it's great because you know you're safe, but it also doesn't inspire much growth or personal development. And in fact, it can cause you to plateau. And it's hard for you to leave your comfort zone because you're more afraid of the unknown than anything else. Exactly. And I think your comfort zone, it can apply to so many things in your life. You know, it can be relationships, it could be your health goals, fitness goals, hobbies, work, school. The list really just goes on because Mm -hmm. as people, we naturally want to be comfortable. We want things to be easy. Yet, that does not always get us where we want to go, mm-hmm. nor does it help us maybe overcome something that we really do want to get over. So that is kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. You know, uh, Rachel just explained what your comfort zone is, but we're going to be going into the reasons why you should break out of your comfort zone and some tips about how you can break out of your comfort zone. It's one of our five tips episodes. These are my favorite. Yay. <laughs> Yay. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into why you should leave your comfort zone. So I've got four reasons here, and Laura, you can chime in whenever you want. But number one is that when you expand your comfort zone or step out of it, however you want to define it, your confidence is only going to grow. Because each time you do something and by some miracle you survive it, Then you eventually start to feel like you can take on anything, even if it's scary, because you've taken on scary feats before, but you've come out the other side and you're like, huh, that's not actually that bad. Exactly. Like it just really helps your own self-confidence and Mm -hmm. it lets you believe in yourself. 
because, you know, we're all capable of a lot of things, yet it's our mind that gets in the way a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. where if we can just do little things to boost our confidence, then those little things then become big things and then you're just on a roll. Exactly. And then you just keep growing. But number two is one of my favorites, and that is you can find out if something is right for you way faster if you just do it than if you sit there deliberating over whether you should do something for hours, days, weeks, or even months. Because when you're expanding your comfort zone, usually you're doing it because it's something that you've either always wanted to do or it's something that's come up for you that you feel really intrigued by. The thing is, is that taking a while to leave your comfort zone is really a lesson in itself that it's okay to stretch yourself, but there also are so many lessons about who you are and what you're capable of on the other side of the scary thing. And that lesson might be that, oh, okay, I thought this was right for me, but I can tell that it's not. Or, oh, I'm actually really passionate about this. Maybe this could be my career. Yeah. And I love this one too, because really like when you're trying to figure things out for yourself, just try all the things, right? You're not going to know whether you like it or not until you do Mm -hmm. it. And then also related to this note, like one of my favorite sayings is that whether you start today or three years from now, that time is still going to pass. You know, I find for a lot of things, like let's say you want to change careers, Yes. And, you know, you've waited a few years and you're like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'm too old now. Like now I'm 35 and, Mm -hmm. you know, I should have changed when I was 30. Well, Mm -hmm. girl, like don't wait till you're 40. Yeah. Do it now at 35 because it doesn't matter how old you are or how long it's been. Just start. That's really all there is to it. Like you just have to start and then at least you're moving forward because five years is going to go by whether you're doing this new thing or not. That's something I've always loved. Definitely keeps me motivated to just try something, whether it works out or not. Yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, you can go through phases or maybe there's years where you're really, really pushing yourself to achieve a goal or, you know, to reach this stage in your personal development. Also acknowledge, though, that sometimes it's okay to integrate those changes when you make it up that hill and be like, wow, I actually got to where I wanted to be. And this is really amazing. And then enjoy that time. But then also realize that after you've had time to enjoy it, it's time to take the next step. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a key point, definitely in today's culture as well. You know, we're always supposed to be going for the next best thing and improving, 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 where Mm -hmm. it's very good for you to look back and reflect on what you've achieved. Because I think going back to your confidence, that is your proof. Like that's your resume of where you've gotten out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And it gives yourself stepping stones. Mm -hmm. Right? Because sometimes on the big picture, it's really hard to see how far you've come where if you think of all the little things that you are doing that you didn't do before, you know, those add up and Mm -hmm. it really helps you visualize and make it a little bit more concrete, all the changes that you've been going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that motivates you to keep going as well, to kind of almost like keep racking up those little steps and little wins. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties in very nicely to point number three, which is that when you keep stepping out of your comfort zone, you start to get to know yourself better and you begin to trust yourself more. So I've definitely found this pattern with myself where the first time you do something, you're like, oh, people are going to judge me and I'm going to fall flat on my face. And you know what? Maybe you do. 
maybe you do fall flat on your face, but the thing is, is that you're the one that's going to get you through to the other side regardless. And you start to learn that you have your back. So I really wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I really believe that you're your own best advocate. You're your biggest fan. And I think we should all keep that in the back of our mind because I know I've definitely experienced it in my life when I wanted to do something that maybe was unusual for me Mm -hmm. in the eyes of other people. Mm -hmm. But for me, I felt like that was a good move and it was what I wanted truly in my life. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you do things for your own purpose, not because you think people think you should stay in this box or, you know, you're embarrassed about what they're going to think. And it's really hard. It's so hard to kind of shut down other people's opinions, whether they're saying them or not. Like, you know, we're very good at making up these stories in our head that everyone's going to judge us and laugh at us. But in reality, like the people closest to you, they just want your happiness. They want you to be satisfied with your life. It comes from a place of love. If, you know, let's say you're going to tell your family that you're, you know what, you're moving to the other side of the world for a year Mm -hmm. and like you've never left your hometown. To them, they might be like, whoa, okay, big change. But at the end of the day, once you do that move and if you give yourself the courage to make that step, then they are still going to be there for you. I find that we sometimes think that people are going to abandon us and not want to be in our lives if we make these changes. And who knows? Maybe there's some things like, you know, if you're trying to give up drinking and you're surrounded by a lot of people who do drink, maybe Mm -hmm. those people are meant to leave your life. But the people who are really supposed to be there for you, they're going to support you no matter what. Don't worry about it. And if they are telling you things, you know, they mean it out of love. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to listen to your own heart. And that ties in very nicely to my last reason of why you should leave your comfort zone. Ah, perfect. (laughs) I didn't even really give you much description on these and you're like, I've got it. No Uh, problem. (laughs) The last one is that you'll become more adaptable to change. So – What that means is that pretty much you become more likely to say yes to new things and you take those surprises in stride. And some of those surprises are honestly one day you wake up and your brain is like, hmm, I think I would like to go on a trip to the other side of the world by myself for two months. When you continue to stretch yourself, you're like, yeah, that would be really, really cool actually. And you're more likely to go do it. Yeah, like there's less hesitation. You know, the first big thing out of your comfort zone that you decide to do, it could take you a while to achieve that. But mm-hmm. as you keep getting out of your comfort zone, you know, those time frames they're going to shorten mm-hmm. because you know you can do it. Yes. It's just a matter of doing it. Yes. So are you ready to share our tips on how to stretch beyond your comfort zone to our lovely listeners? Yes, I am. Let's start with point number one. And okay, we both had a little bit different way of describing this one. So I'll say how I described it and then you can say how you described it. And whatever resonates with the listeners, go with that. So my first thing was, you know, it's okay to be a beginner. No matter what you do, you were a beginner at some time. Like yes. for, for Rachel and I, you know, we ride horses. And well, we weren't always good at riding horses. You know, it's that resilience and yearning to keep going and become better. And I find it's an easier thing when you're a kid because mm-hmm. as a kid, like you don't care. You know, yeah. everything's new to you. So you just keep doing. Where I find, you know, as I get older and like very set in my routines and like I'm very sure of who I am, 
Mm-hmm. When I do want to branch out into something new, I get that sense. And I know we've we've touched on this a lot in our imposter syndrome episode yep. of like, I want to just be good at it. Where yeah. my big thing is I've had to learn like, okay, Laura, like if you suck, it's fine. You don't have to be bad and then never do it again. You got to give yourself some grace. So yes. that's kind of my point of view for tip number one. Rachel, how about you explain like your version of that? I described it as chilling out on the seriousness because you can attest to this. I am a very serious person. Mm-hmm. But what I've come to learn in time is that having a sense of humor with yourself as you take on new things is so important because that's where you find the fun and joy in life because that's when you actually let yourself take on new things. And as you said, you're going to make mistakes and most likely you're going to be pretty bad at whatever skill you're taking on because you have no experience with it and that's okay. But when I say chill it on the seriousness is the fact that no one is thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you, especially if it's something like singing or piano where you're performing in front of others. So by kind of relaxing with it and having fun, no one can touch you because there's power in being able to laugh at yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And actually something is kind of coming to mind. Um, You know the phrase, it's not about the destinations, but the journey? Yes. So it's almost like, you know, enjoy being a beginner. Enjoy the learning process. Because I know for like a lot of things, like when you do kind of become that expert, you're almost like super critical where there's something like carefree about being a beginner because it's like, oh, I I messed up. Like I'm playing a piano and I, I hit the wrong key. Oops, whatever. Where like the more advanced you get, I don't know, like, would you become harder on yourself? Like, or maybe there's more like outside expectation. What are your thoughts? I think that definitely you get harder on yourself, the better that you get. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked about this lots of times, like, especially with my singing, like, I am not kidding you. I will achieve something that I've been working on for years, one day, and then the next week I'll sing it exactly the same, but I, my brain will have taken off three steps down the road to where it would be another year from now. And then I'm annoyed that it doesn't sound like that now. Yeah. But I wonder if that, because when you are developing and you are stretching yourself, you are continuing to stretch your comfort zone further and further that I wonder if that reaction is because it gets scarier. I'll use myself as an example. I'm learning how to play the piano in my teacher's studio and he knows I've never touched a keyboard before. I don't even know where middle C is. So when I mess it up, it's not that bad. It's funny. But then suddenly, two years later, I suddenly have to play two songs on the piano in front of people and I've never done that before. And I had a way more intense emotional reaction to the concept of that than Mm -hmm. I did to just starting. Right. Because I think it just becomes more serious. And maybe it's just like my personality where it feels like how you perform is a direct reflection on you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can definitely relate like probably to writing because, you know, this is something I've been doing for over 23 years now. Been Mm -hmm. around for a while. Um, Where there's just like that a little bit more expectation Mm -hmm. from outside parties and expectation from yourself because – you know, right? Yes. But I really like how you put that where let's break this down. You're working on a ladder and you know you're on the bottom rung and you work your way up that ladder. Mm -hmm. And then you get on a new ladder that's higher. You're now on a new bottom rung, right? And you have to work your way up that ladder. So let's take this comfort zone away from 
doing something that's completely new for yourself and put it on things that you're already doing, yet you're trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you and I could take a little bit of lesson from here. Yeah. <laughs> where we need to still have that grace of, you know, maybe we're not a beginner, mm-hmm. but we have to accept that, okay, you know, I'm now just on a new ladder, mm-hmm. which I'm on the bottom of now, but I'm going to climb it just like I did the other ladder. So, damn, we got some lessons to learn. <laughs> It's like you kind of have to respect yourself and respect your feelings towards big jumps in your mm-hmm. development because even though you've done something your entire life maybe, taking on that new thing is something that is unknown. Yeah. When you think about riding for us, potentially that thing that is really scary despite you've been riding your whole life is transitioning from the hunter ring to the jumpers for the first time. Right. And for like a lot of people, if anyone's of this world, um, <laughs> you know, we're when we're growing up, if you're competing, you're a junior. Mm-hmm. And then once you age out around like 18, 21, depending on where you compete, you can either become a professional or stay an amateur. Yes. And for people who like move to the professional route, like that's a huge step out of your comfort zone because now you're getting paid to ride and you're riding other people's horses. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that can have a huge toll on your confidence as well because, you know, you want that to go right because now you're choosing that as a career. And I'm sure it's like that in other sports or or activities as well. You know, it's just like going from that amateur to a professional Mm -hmm. where maybe you've been an amateur for 10 years, but as soon as you make that move professional, well, now you're kind of at the bottom again and you have to Mm -hmm. work your way up in the professional world. Mm Mm-hmm. Lessons to be learned, guys. We're learning right along with you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we never stop learning. That's the whole point of life. Um, Shall we move on to point number two? Yes. And point number two is kind of an extension of point number one, and that is to take it one step at a time. So you don't need to step out of your comfort zone and jump right off a cliff into the thing that terrifies you or into something you've never done before. So a good example of that is, you know, when I first started playing piano, I had someone teach me how to play piano. I just didn't go right into it and try to perform in front of people. Yeah, you weren't like trying to play a whole song. You were trying to play a few bars. I was just trying to play a chord. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just a single single triad. You were learning Uh, where to put your fingers on the keyboard. Yes. And the reason why it's better to take it one step at a time is because literally stepping out of your comfort zone at all can be super overwhelming. And if you push yourself too far, it might just cause you to retreat back. Yeah. Like you don't want to overwhelm yourself and scare yourself off from a new challenge. Yes. And one really great thing when we kind of tie it back to the benefits of leaving your comfort zone that we discussed earlier is that this is where you realize that that one small step isn't actually that bad. And then you become more inclined to take the next step and then the one after that and the one after that. And you notice that over time, those things become less scary because it just starts to become natural. Exactly. And um, if our listeners were like in the same room as us right now, I feel like I get a textbook thrown at my head because the best way I can describe trying to set those small steps is through smart goals. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people, I used to dread whenever a professor would bring up smart goals. Oh God, I just wanted to like keel over and die. But SMART is an acronym for goals that are specific, 
measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So as much as I hated those things in university and high school, they are kind of applicable if you are trying to achieve something. And it's it's the same as taking off like small bite-sized pieces. You know, you don't want to take on too much all at once because, you know, like we just said before, you're going to overwhelm yourself and scare yourself, mm-hmm. which that never helps when you're trying to achieve something because yeah, you're going to be so far back into your own comfort zone, like you might almost revert. And one of my big things for when I'm taking on a new challenge is I like to see results because then I can see like physically see the change or mentally whatever that change may be. But that really reassures myself. And then if I reach that small little goal, then I'm like, okay, I can take on the next step now. Mm -hmm. Welcome everybody to Professor Laura's class. <laughs> or now in business I'm so, school. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself for referring to smart goals, but god damn it. Like it was just so applicable to this topic. It's good advice. It's the most annoying thing ever, but you know what? It's not wrong. I know. I know. So that's why I brought out the old smart goals. I can visualize the chart. Can you right now yes. which each letter stands for? Yes, I can. I'm going to have a nightmare about it now. Thank you. I know. We're going to all be making smart goals in our sleep. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Call it what you want. Just make it something where, you know, there's a time frame around it. You can see the difference and it's super specific. Let's choose a really easy thing. Like let's say you're trying to drink more water yes. throughout the day. Well, you know, you're not going to get yourself a giant gallon water bottle. Mm-hmm. You're going to get yourself a smaller water bottle and be like, okay, let's start with drinking just one of these and then mark that down. Yeah. And then that was good. So drink another one right? Like it's a little less daunting if you're drinking one small water bottle a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I'm also a big fan of checklists. Oh, I love checklists. You can use a checklist for a goal. Oh, I love those. It's amazing. I used to do like uh, reminders on my phone when I was trying to set some habits like earlier this year. And yeah. like it was so satisfying just to like boop. I know. Done. So there's definitely some psychology behind that one. But Oh, probably. It's yeah. just super satisfying. And if it helps you reach your goal – do it. Even better. But shall we discuss point number three, which we were basically saying the same thing, but we also had different descriptions for. Yes. All right. So how I look at point number three is to push through your fear and just do the scary thing. And you might fumble, but as many people have said, Rome wasn't built in a day and you need to put yourself in those circumstances to give yourself the opportunity to learn and to grow. Because one huge thing about why we don't want to leave our comfort zones is because we have such a fear of being judged and a fear of basically falling flat on our faces. But by kind of forcing yourself through that scary thing, it's also accepting wholeheartedly that you're going to fail sometimes and sometimes you might be fantastic at whatever it is you're doing. And by being courageous, you allow yourself to fight your limiting beliefs about yourself, which tying back to our original points about the benefits, that helps you trust yourself and allows you to get to know yourself more because it allows you to grow and it allows you to learn what you're capable of. And in all honesty, it stops you from just sitting around and waiting for things to happen to you. That's a really good point. Like you really do have to go out and make things happen for yourself. Mm -hmm. And my version of this point is 
get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And from that, like, let's use the example of you want to get out and meet new people. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do? Sit there and wait for people to approach you? No, mm-hmm. you have to go out and you have to go talk to people. And for me, like, this is a very hard thing to do because I'm very introverted and fairly shy at times. I would be very uncomfortable trying to get out there and meet new people. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing that, like, it gets easier. And, you know, I'm probably achieving my goal of making new friends. Yeah. And I think my example, if I can talk about this weekend briefly, is that I do have the benefit where I've been practicing for a very, very long time, but singing in front of people has always just been something that like, I don't even like to do it if it's somebody who just came in after me during my lesson. Like it's something that is very deep rooted, like it's a kind of anxiety that I have. And for a long time, I would just say to people like, oh, well, you know, I just, I do it for me. I just do it for me. Like, it's my thing. I don't really want to share it with people. But to be totally honest, when I was saying that, I think I was just more saying that I'm a bit too nervous to do it. So I'm just not even going to try. Oh, that's so, that's so true. Like, I feel like so many people can apply that to their situation. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to do it just for you, but you're like, you really should get out there and do it yes. like, for other people. Yeah, so there there were circumstances that like came together for this to happen, which I'll talk about in my next point. But, you know, I kind of was just like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Clearly this opportunity is coming up for me. Let's just do it. And when you get up there, it's pretty scary. The first thing I did was sing and play the piano, which when you've never done that before in front of people and it's your first time singing in front of people in a long time, that's a lot. And you know what? There was maybe like three, four people there at the time. And let me tell you, I sang it beautifully, but I butchered the piano backing for Lover by Taylor Swift. That's okay. No one even noticed probably. No, but like the thing is, is that I was fine, but something had happened where I uh, had learned how to play it perfectly so long as, as I was looking at my hands on the keys. And then when I got about an hour before the show, I realized that I had forgotten the fact that I have to sing into a mic and that I can't look at the keys the whole time. <laughs> so <laughs> minor I, detail. Minor detail that I somehow forgot. And I did it. I made it through to the end. Like there were definitely times where I had to stop and pause and, you know, like maybe I got a chord wrong or I did like a transition wrong that I wanted to do. But like people watching me obviously probably knew that I was a beginner when it came to performing. And, you know, they give you like a nice little clap and stuff, but then they like completely forget about you. As I said earlier, like they are not thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. They're really thinking about themselves. They probably left that night and completely forgot I existed. So I was like so concerned about people judging me that I like stopped myself from doing it for so long that once I actually did it, I realized I was like, this is just for me. Just because I'm doing it in front of people That doesn't mean it's not still for me. Yeah. 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 And I think I realized that I'm like, okay, that was really scary and I messed it up a bit, but I can take that and do better next time. I can go home and practice playing lover through all the way without looking at my hands. And the next time I do it, I can sing it on stage and play at the same time. Yeah. Like you've already taken the first step. Now you know your second step and you're working towards it. And if I didn't do the scary thing, I wouldn't have known that. Exactly. You'd still be looking at your hands while you play. 
Exactly. And then I would just have had this happen to me a couple months later. So that's everything for me on point number three. Do you want to take us into point number four? Yes. And I think this is definitely a key point and we've already touched on it a little bit earlier in the episode. And that is surrounding yourself with the right people. Rachel, mm-hmm. I know this was a huge thing for making this past weekend happen for you. Yep. So why don't you tell your story of how this all came to be? Uh, basically, my teacher got sick of me saying I didn't want to perform in front of people, <laughs> called somebody mm-hmm. that were making her perform, and the other guy didn't let me say no. <laughs> and sometimes that's what it takes, though, to kick you out the door. <laughs> It is like, oh my God. Like what I tell you, I put up such a fight. Like I was metaphorically kicking and screaming. Like I yeah, was like, not- I, I saw you that day. Like we, we went and had coffee. Mm-hmm. I had hung out before your performance. And honestly, like if you told me that you were like held at gunpoint to go perform, I would have believed you. <laughs> yeah. And like my, my teacher is wonderful, but he is kind of the type where, uh, and this is something that I've always kind of found in my coaches is they're never going to force you to do anything that they know you can't do. He's just not like that. And even mm-hmm. like the trainer, when I was riding with you, like it was the same thing, right? But the thing about me and you knowing me from riding can definitely attest to this. I don't really like ease into things where I'm like, no. okay, maybe I'll do it. Like you basically just have to drop me into it. And it's not like I'm not ready for it. Like you're never jumping into something you can't do. Yeah. But the secret to you is we can't give you time to think about it. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> so this is happening. And you're like, okay. And I'm just like, all right. I feel like I can't say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, we can't, we know not to give you a lot of time to process things. Like, yeah. Especially because we know you can do it. <laughs> so, yeah. And we just kind of like, like shove you out there and you're and you do it. You're fine. Yeah. And like the thing is, is that if I'm like really putting up a fight, I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Like, no, people have respected it. But the thing is, is that I've always wanted to kind of do it. It just yeah. is really scary. So I need somebody to just kind of like really give me it. Not even like a tap. I need someone to just metaphorically push me <laughs> and then I'll do it. But the thing is, is that if you don't have those people that see your potential and see what you could do and see, okay, you're at this stage of your growth. This is where you need to go next. Let me help you with that. Like you can kind of just feel like you get caught in a bit of a spin cycle where you're like, oh, I really, really want to do that, but I scared myself, so I'm not going to. Like having that human connection to help push you forward and out of that spin cycle is so important. Yeah. And I think it makes you feel like you're not doing it alone. And, you know, we can apply lots of different types of people that you can have on your team to get Mm -hmm. you out of your comfort zone. You know, they can be a coach, teachers, they can be friends, family, they can be people who also want to achieve the same goal as you. So even though you may all be stepping out of your comfort zone, at least you're doing it together. Mm -hmm. So you feel a little bit less alone. Because doing things in a group is a lot easier than having to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. And even like when I was younger, public speaking was so hard Mm -hmm. for me because I was really shy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember speeches all through grade school. Yes, they were the worst. (laughs) Where like your two or three minute speech felt like an hour. Yes. Um, The first time I did that, like, was it very good? 
probably not. It was pretty fast on how quickly I was speaking. And I looked at my notes almost the whole time. But that's where like I would just picture one person and talk to that one person, whether it was like my friend or I even had like a speech about cats one year that Mm -hmm. I knew one person in my class would really find it funny. So like I talked just to that person. Mm -hmm. So that's like my advice if you have to do something by yourself, Mm -hmm. like do it for someone else. Yeah. And then that kind of also helps you like with accountability. Yeah. And in the case where you really can't do it for somebody else, like somebody can't be there, just pick a point on the wall and just perform there. Just perform in that direction. It'll go great. (laughs) There you go. That's all you need to do. Yes. So are you ready for our final point? Yep. Bring it on. All right. And I think this basically encompasses everything. And that is just say yes to things because all you're going to do is open yourself up to a world of opportunities. I think maybe here we should discuss figuring out the difference between anxiety and anticipation that something is going to be scary and actual fear or something not feeling right. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have kind of one trick when it comes to more feeling anxious or like anticipating something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been practicing this for a while and I'm really finding that it's working. And Mm -hmm. it's that feeling when you feel that like adrenaline rush. Yes. And I find a lot of people, we associate that with being like, anxious and nervous, Mm -hmm. where I have been working on training my brain of adrenaline is excitement. Yes. So when I feel that rush, you know, let's say I'm going to jump a course or I'm going into the show ring, Mm -hmm. um, I hype myself up and tell myself like I'm excited to do it. I want to go do it. Mm -hmm. And now like I'm just like, okay, yeah, let's go. Like, you know, I, I don't have that fear. Where it was like some days you'd be getting to go do something new and you honestly felt like you're going to your own execution. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where like I find you have to override your brain a little mm-hmm. bit. So I don't know if any of our listeners find that helpful. Um, it takes a while to practice it because, you know, we all know that feeling of like when your heart starts racing and you're like fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you really just have to pause and tell yourself okay, this isn't anxiety. This isn't my nerves. This is my excitement because like I really want to go do this thing. And like I want to get out there and I want to do it right now. And that's why I'm feeling this way because I just need to go do it. Mm-hmm. And I find over time, your brain won't go to that nervousness, excite- like anxiety. Mm-hmm. It goes right to like, oh, okay, yeah, like we're going to go do it. Yeah. So I don't know. Try that, people. Let me know what you think. I it's really been working like for me. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know where I found that from. I don't know if I heard it somewhere or read it somewhere, mm-hmm. but I kind of like expanded on it and just made it my own little thing. Yeah. So if it helps anyone, like, please share and let me know how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a great tip that we can apply to literally everything that we said. Yeah. Like, I think that just re like retraining your brain to look at the anxiety you have around leaving your comfort zone is you're just excited to see what you're capable of and to try something new. Mm-hmm. You really have to, you know, rewire your brain and change the language that you're using. And that is just something so small, mm-hmm. yet it makes a huge difference on how far you can go. I think that's a wonderful point to leave it on. All right, then. All well, right. I'm going to go tune into my Gossip Girl. Yes. And with that, live like tea. 
Live like tea.